Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour. I'm your host, Jamie, and we have a great show for you today. Today on the show, I sit down with a former guest of the show. She's been here before, Beth McCord. Beth was on the show back in 2020, episode number 293. And today you're listening to episode 520. It's so fun to have Beth back. Now, if you don't know Beth and her husband, Jeff, they run the webpage, the Instagram, all the things called Your Enneagram Coach. And if you don't know about the Enneagram, well, welcome to the world of Enneagram conversation. We've talked about it often here on the happy hour and I love the Enneagram. I think it's a super helpful tool. And I asked Beth about that today. And we talked today a little bit about how the Enneagram can be useful in our everyday life. We talk about this book that her and her husband, Jeff, are releasing later in the month called More Than Your Number, a Christ-centered Enneagram approach to becoming aware of your internal world. And I asked her, hey, how is Enneagram and faith and God's unique design? We have a great conversation about that. But basically, this conversation and their book, which releases September 20th, you can pre-order it now is really a deeper dive into the Enneagram. More than your number, the book, and our conversation today, it's a deeper dive into the world of Enneagram by moving past those quickly assigned and sometimes stereotypical Enneagram types to consider and engage with your unique, multidimensional personality that makes you and me and everyone so much more complex than just a number. This conversation is very intriguing, it's interesting, and here's what it's gonna leave you with. It's gonna leave you wanting more, that's for sure. Guys, don't forget, we have our Holiday Gift Guide Live coming up, it's on October 2nd in Round Rock, Texas, which is just north of Austin, which I'm like, who wants a girl's trip in October? It sounds lovely. Go to jamieivy.com slash events where you can find all the information about the gift guide live. All right, you guys, here is my conversation with Beth McCord. Hey, Beth, welcome back to the happy hour. Yeah, thanks for having me back. This is so fun. The last time we talked was when the world shut down. Actually, you, we talked before the world shut down. but it, Right before, because I actually came to Austin. <laughs> you came yes. to Austin. We had no idea what was in front of us. And your show came out in April of 2020. So it was yeah. just like, what are we actually doing? And I'm so glad you got to come to Austin. But I'm really glad you're back on the happy hour. I know. I, I'm sad that I couldn't come. We're super busy right now, which is great. Yeah. But couldn't fly down. But at least I get to see you here. I know I get to see your face. Well, before we get to this new project that you and your husband, Jeff, have, I have to just ask you, I know that at the time we're recording this, which is kind of middle end of August, you guys just had a very big, very big thing in your household yes, where your daughter did. got married. Yes. Yes. Last a week ago yesterday. So congratulations. We married her off. Absolutely. Yeah. And we just love her husband, Mark. Aww. He is just the sweetest guy. And we're just, we're just delighted. I mean, obviously not all parents have that privilege of, you know, giving their daughter away to someone they really admire and adore, but we, we have that blessing. And so they're off um, on their honeymoon right now and Alaskan cruise. And I'm just delighted that she's got, you know, her best friend and partner for life just right there with her. And, and I love it. 
I did an Alaskan cruise this summer, by the way. And so was I fun? know where she's going. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was really great. Good. Yeah, it was really great. Good. Beth, you just said something that literally like got me all choked up and you didn't even mean to. You said, give your daughter away. And I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds so like goodbye. We're, we're passing yes. you on big. Does it feel that way to yes. you? You know, it's so interesting because I totally have felt the same way throughout our kids' lives on different stages. So when you first get pregnant, you're like, I cannot imagine having this baby. Like, I'm so nervous. And then you get to the eighth and ninth month and you're like, please just get it out, right? Right. You're ready for it. And then it's the same thing like when they're in preschool and you can't imagine sending them off to school. And then you get towards school and you're like, okay, you're ready. I'm ready. And it's the same with, you know, driving, though I guess it depends on the kids' driving right, abilities. Right. Um, but I think every stage that you get to, if if you have a good, strong relationship and you see that they're at least growing somehow, you know, not not all yeah. of them are growing at the same speed, um, you are ready for that next stage. And again, like I said, had Mark not been the kind of man that we would want for our daughter, it would have been a totally different situation. Uh, it wouldn't be giving her hand away. It would be like <laughs> trying to clinch onto her, right? Um, so I think a lot of it has to do with circumstances and stuff like that. But no, honestly, I'm I was like people would say, are you like, are you nervous? And I'm like, no, like I want to get this going. Like, let's get this marriage going because we've been around him, you know, yeah. for so long and know him well enough that it's like, no, they're so good for each other. Uh, um, and they're going to have their ups and downs like any, yeah. anyone. Um, but no, we're just really delighted. And Jeff and I got married at age 20 and they're 22. So I'm like, oh, they got two like, years are old. <laughs> yeah. That's so, so funny. No, yeah. It's so it, true, though. It it's so though. true. As someone who just graduated a kid from high school, I, you know, 10 years ago, that would have felt like the scariest thing ever. And now I'm like, <gasps> we're good. This is a good stage of life. Well, congrats to you and Jeff and your daughter. Thanks. And she's super cutie. I told you I've been seeing her on your Instagram and I'm yes. happy that she's working with you guys. OK, so we're talking Enneagram. All right. Yep. I love the Enneagram. Obviously, you love the Enneagram because you are yeah. your Enneagram coach. <laughs> and you and your husband, Jeff, have a new book that's coming out in a couple of weeks. It's called More Than Your Number, A Christ-Centered Enneagram Approach to Becoming Aware of Your Internal World. And so yeah. I've read the book already, and I'm super excited for the world to hear this. And we are not going to dive deep into like, yeah. what is the Enneagram and what's your number? Because you've been on here before, episode 293. Yep. Go listen to it if you want to know. But just so give some context, I'm an Enneagram six you're an enneagram nine uh your husband is also an enneagram six my husband's an enneagram yep. three and so i want you to without diving in to give us the biggest little thirty thousand view of the enneagram yeah so the enneagram just shows that there are nine valid perspectives of seeing interpreting and reacting to the world so the way you see it as a six is different the way that i see it and it's based on the four core motivations that drive us to think, feel, and behave in particular ways. So you have a core fear that you're always running away from, a core desire that you're always trying to obtain, a core weakness that's your Achilles heel, and then you have a core longing, the message your heart longs to hear. And so those four core motivations really make up your main type. And so like you said, you're a six and I'm a nine. I fear conflict and tension of any kind, and you fear the lack of security, guidance, and support. And then if we went into all the other, you know, core motivations, we would see more about our types. But we literally see the world from different lenses. So think of you wearing glasses that have orange lenses and I'm wearing purple. We think we're all wearing the same lenses and we get confused and perturbed and upset when people are doing things different or thinking things different. But if we take a step back and we see, oh, wait, 
they don't see it the way I see it. How do they see it? We can have compassion and empathy and grace. So that's really kind of at the core of what the Enneagram is. It's all about why you think, feel, Mm. and behave. Which is so helpful. I think about even in just like our everyday life, you know, I have I have a job. So I go to work and I have coworkers. I have four children. So I'm a mom. I have community. So I'm a friend and I'm a business owner. So I be a, a boss. And when I've seen people through their what how they see the world, it changes the way I interact with them. And so I'm Absolutely. so grateful for the Enneagram. It has really been a, a great tool in my personal life. Um, I think a lot of people will find out their number and then they're like, oh, here's my number. I'm 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 done. Mm. But you guys <laughs> oh, in yeah. this book, I am yeah. so excited about people reading this book because honestly, Beth, I've learned about the Enneagram, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago. And this book and this whole internal work is where I am right now in my life. And so yeah. I am yeah. super, super, super excited about this. Now, okay, a couple of questions before we dive in. The subtitle yeah. is A Christ-Centered Enneagram Approach. So I want to just get it out there and clear the air. Mm -hmm. If anyone's nervous or anxious or thinking you and I have gone off the deep end and now we're into all this crazy (laughs) number things, (laughs) you say that this book is faith filled. And so tell me why that's important to you and Jeff. Well, it's everything. I mean, the Enneagram is like an x-ray machine. It shows you clearly what's kind of going on internally, like what's broken, what's not broken. It kind of helps you to name things with clarity. But that's it. It can't do the changing. The Holy Spirit and the gospel, that's what transforms us. And so this just brings us the vocabulary and the understanding that we don't have. Think about walking through or driving through very thick fog. It takes a long time, but wouldn't it be great if you know someone can kind of like scoot the, the fog away so you can yeah. see more clearly? And then you have the ability to make better decisions you know, from a further distance. And so that's really what the Enneagram is helping us. It's not doing the transformation. It's not doing the growing. That is the Holy Spirit's work and us surrendering and depending on Him and what Christ has done in and through us. I love that you guys say, uh, I think somewhere in the book, you said the Enneagram is like, it's like an observation. And so you're observing what's going on, but the transformation is what happens. And so can you talk a little bit about when people are entering into figuring out their number and their subtypes and their wings, and, and as we even dive deeper into this internal world, when you talk about observation and transformation, like tell us how that works when we're diving into what we are feeling and how we see the world. Yeah, I mean, it's just like if... If you're driving a car and you kind of, you know, let go of your steering wheel just a little bit and you all of a sudden start seeing your car, you know, swerving to the right, you know, just just, you know, even if it's very slowly, um, you you can observe that there is a misalignment in your um, axle and your tires. There's something going on that is making it turn right. And if you don't have your hands on the wheels or mindful, you can literally fall off the edge of the road into a pit. And so think of that as our everyday life. We have sin patterns and thought patterns that because of the fall, get us off course from living in an aligned position with the gospel. And Mm. that's going to always be there. And so, but we need to be aware of it, not with shame and self-condemnation, because the scriptures clearly show us that what Christ has done on our behalf, that there's no more condemnation and that what he started, he will complete. Mm. So what we're trying to do with the book is to show you we know how this is going to end. And that's actually the fir- the introduction. So please read the introduction because we know how this ends. And it ends with hope and glory and, and celebration. But we're on this side of heaven. And so on this side of heaven, we're going to constantly have our wheels slightly turning <laughs> in a direction. Now, 
we can sit there and shame ourselves all we want, but it's not going to change anything. Right. What we want to do is become aware and then hold that steering wheel and ask the Holy Spirit, will you help me to become aware constantly? Because I, mm. I, I definitely want to check out, numb out, get distracted somehow. Um, but have him make us aware and have him work in and through us so that we can keep that steering wheel on the right path, which means aligned with the truth of the gospel, knowing who we are, but more importantly, whose we are. And that's where observation is important to know this is happening, but transformation is actually moving towards the direction the Holy Spirit wants us to go in. I love that so much. You know, I was in church yesterday and um, I we were singing a song. I, I should have prepared this right here, but it just came to me. We're singing the song and it was something about like, God, I want you to, I'm going to butcher it. So sorry, sorry, but it's something like, I want to give you all of me, like all the yeah. parts of me. And I knew I was talking to you today and I have been diving into this internal family systems. Um, yep. I'm going to mess it up. Module? A modality. Mm-hmm. A mod- okay. So I've been diving into that a little bit and I just kept thinking, yes. This is what Beth and Jeff and Allison Cook, who I'm talking about that, this is what they're talking about. Like, God, I'm going to give you all of me, all of the parts I'm afraid of, all the parts that make me feel scared, all of the parts. Mm -hmm. And so I want to say this. I have found, Beth, that when I engage in this kind of work where I'm looking in at, Mm -hmm. I kind of call this like soul work, like I'm looking in and I'm trying to figure out like, man, God, what are the pieces of me that might be broken or wounded? And and honestly... That's scary to me. Maybe it's because I'm an Enneagram six. I don't know. But it feels scary to figure these things out. I want you to talk to us real quick about maybe even why you guys wrote this book about kind of going into our internal world. Why does it matter that we look at the pieces in us that are wounded and broken? And why does it matter that we look for ways to heal them? That's a great question. And though I know being an Enneagram six, that is a common place of kind of fear and trepidation um, and uncertainty. But I think going inward for all the nine types is fearful, especially at this level, even for the type fours who naturally go into um, the inner world. Because what we're talking about is seeing the things that we don't necessarily want to see. Right. Um, but we're not doing that, again, for shame and self-condemnation or uh, being critical of ourselves. Christ is not surprised. So when you look at Romans 5, 8, Christ came while we were sinners. And it's not just mm-hmm. us it's all the parts of us. He's not He's not surprised. He came to us. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have to hide. We don't have to, like, just like Adam and Eve, we don't have to hide. He comes to us and he covers us and he covers us with the blood of Christ. So if we know that and we can kind of step back and go, okay, wait, he sees me as his beloved child, then we can enter this place of looking inward. Again, not for just navel gazing or yeah. um, selfish intent. It's really... The point that we use the Enneagram, and I could have mentioned this earlier, but I'll mention it now, is Christ cares about our heart and our heart condition. And the Enneagram is highlighting where your heart condition is on a continuum of being aligned with the truth of the gospel or misaligned or way out of alignment. When we're aligned with the truth of the gospel, that's when we know and believe and trust who we are in Christ. And we're living that. The overflow comes out in our life and others experience Mm. it. And so do we. But then when we're misaligned, we're starting to believe, ah, I can do this on my own strength. God's got that thing over there taken care of, but I don't know if he'll take care of this. So we start trusting in ourselves and we know how that goes. Right. And there's times in our life that we're living out of alignment. And that's when we're, we honestly think, even if we're uh, receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, our mind is believing that we're an orphan all alone Mm. and we have to do this by ourselves. 
And again, that has really negative consequences for ourselves and others. But what's so beautiful about the gospel is that when we have received Jesus Christ, no matter where we are at in this continuum and our behaviors and our thought patterns, our relationship status with Christ is secure because it's based on what he did for us, not based on what we're doing right now. So when that happens, the Enneagram is going to let you know, and this is hard, it's going to let you know clearly where you're at on that continuum. And it's not always fun to see. No, it's terrible, Beth. It's not fun (laughs) at all. (laughs) It's like, oh, man, I'm struggling. And what humans naturally do is beat ourselves up in some Uh form or fashion uh, with shame, guilt, you name it, all across the board. But we don't have to do that because Mm. that actually doesn't bring about real change. What brings about real change is no matter where you're on that continuum to remind yourself, wait, even though I'm struggling, my relationship status is that I am his beloved and that he is coming for me like a hound of heaven. I can't get away from him. He Mm -hmm. seeks me out and he captures me and he holds me and he renews and restores me. And when we're at that place, even when we're at our worst, he is still loving and providing and caring for us. And so when you open the book and you read the introduction where I really go through this, what you'll see is this beautiful picture of a sheep in the arms of a shepherd. And I want people to recognize that and look at it really good and think about what does that picture actually communicate to you? Mm. And when you start to think, oh, what communicates to me like peace or security or whatever it does for you, just recognize that is who you are 24 7, 365, no matter what you're doing. Now, that doesn't give us excuse to go do whatever. Right. Paul even talks about that. Mm-hmm. But it's to remind ourselves that, yes, we're going to mess up. We are sinners on this side of heaven. And, but the victory is his and ours. And so we can come back into the secure place and move towards him. And so the reason why looking inward is so important is because we're going to continual, continually have that misalignment in our tires, and we're going to fall into the common pitfalls that we do all the time. And everyone out there that's listening knows exactly what yours is. And you throw up your hands every time it happens. And you're like, do I not learn anything? Like, what is wrong with me? All that kind of shaming talk. Yep. But when we recognize, oh, as a type nine, Beth McCord is going to continue to go in this direction. I'm going to numb Mm. out, check out, ignore things, uh, get away from conflict. I am going to forever do that if I'm unaware and allowing that misaligned part of my heart to take over. Mm. But I can also go, oh, like that rumble strip on the highway. So when my tires hit that rumble strip, instead of ignoring it, now I can go, "Uh uh-oh, I'm starting to check out. I'm starting to numb out. I'm avoiding conflict. I can go, huh, I wonder what's really going on. And is there a way that God could utilize this situation to help me to grow and actually help me to have better relationships with others? Now, it's going to be hard, but it's also going to be absolutely beautiful. So that's why it's so important to take a look within because we are free and we have um, his radiance and joy as we go through these really hard lessons as we become more like him. Look at Beth preaching the day on the on the happy hour, just Let's bringing go. the truth of the gospel. <laughs> you know, it's so true. Just yesterday, I mean, this, I'm, I, all of my examples are from Enneagram Six because that's my that's my brain. Um, right. But just yesterday, I had a moment where I literally, and I tell my husband these things, and he literally says to me, 
well, he doesn't say it meanly anymore. He used to be like, Jamie, that's dumb. Don't say that. Now he's just like, now he says, <laughs> I'm so sorry that you went through all that mm-hmm. because I will play out a right. scenario from the entire thing. And I played out an entire scenario about Aaron dying. I, I got the life insurance money. I had to help somebody. Somebody had to help me find the passwords to the bank yeah. and all the things. And I'm telling Aaron this and he's looking at me like with the eyes that I know what he's actually thinking, but he didn't say it. But that's mm-hmm. what it is. But it, it is in those moments. I have to say to myself, what, where is this coming from right now? Like, what, what am I afraid of? No, I am secure. Like, I am safe. I know that God has me, all the things. All right, I want to move into this um, Enneagram internal profile. This yep. is what you guys talk about in this book, and you use the, is it called the acronym? What, uh, I need to go back to eighth yeah, grade English. But, uh-huh, acronym? Yep. Acronym. Yep. Okay. Uh-huh. And you use, the, you use the acronym AWARE. So first of all, mm-hmm. what is the Enneagram internal profile? Yeah, it's a great question because this is brand new. So it's something that we've developed at Your Enneagram Coach, and we've actually been using it now for about six years. And we just felt very compelled to write it now that we've been using it for so long. Jeff, um, back in 2015, he had to leave uh, a pastor situation job that was kind of a kind of a traumatic experience for our family. And so we had to kind of walk through a dark season. And during that dark season, we all kind of did our own internal work. And one thing that he was introduced to, and I think we we talked about just a bit before the show, was internal family systems. And that is a counseling modality that is very powerful, and, and we love it. Well, when Jeff was starting to use internal family systems, um, he was telling me about all these different parts, you know, that are inside him. You know, part of him thinks this way, and a part of him thinks that way. And I was like, that is interesting. I could totally see. He, he would explain it, and I'm like, yeah, I totally see that that is a part of you. Yes, I experienced that. But then as a type nine, I would kind of like look inward and be like, I see nothing. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I was really struggling, even though I'd done all this Enneagram work. I mean, this is just six years ago. Doing all this Enneagram work, I, you know, in internal work, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then as I was really thinking about it and and wanting the Holy Spirit to help me, I really just felt like he said, Beth. Your two wings and your two Enneagram paths, the the numbers that the lions are connected to from the nine, those are your parts. And so what we developed was Enneagram internal profile, which shows that we have six basic Enneagram parts. So it can go much deeper because we do use all nine types to varying degrees. So we want to put that out there. But there's six parts that really are uh, you should be become very attuned to. So we'll start with the first two. And the first two has to do with your main type. So your main type holds the two types of the wounded child and the beloved child. So the wounded child is that part of your heart that is the most vulnerable and tender and has gone through some sort of tragedy or trauma, whether really small or really big. And it did its very best when you were younger to take care of you, to help you survive, whether it was like, again, traumatic or just, you know, kind of a dysfunctional family, you know, that that wasn't too traumatic, but we're all growing up in a simple world. So it experienced something and it was young and ill-equipped to fully help you to mature, but it just did its best. And so we still try to use that today because that's all we've ever known. And so when we use this wounded part of ourself with its strategies, it's misaligned with the truth of the gospel. And again, it's doing Mm. its best. It has positive intent, but it's like a little kid driving the bus, and mm-hmm. we don't want that to happen. They're just like, hey, the bus is going. The, there's no bus driver here. I've got to take the wheel, and it's just all over the place. And so mm-hmm. what we usually do from kind of an adult perspective is we shame it. We condemn it. We, um, we blame it. We try to get yep. rid of it. 
And that doesn't help because someone's got to be driving the bus. So what we Mm. want people to do is recognize you have a beloved child. And this is the part of your heart that is new. So that other part is the the flesh. We want to talk about the, the new part of our heart that Christ has redeemed. Now, it is learning and growing that who it is in Christ and using all of the healthy gifts and strategies that it can afford, but it's still growing. It wasn't quite there when it was younger. And so a lot of times yeah. it will go to the back of the bus and fall asleep or kind of disengage. And you're like, hey, hello. And that's when the, uh-huh. the kids of the bus are just like, yeah, take the wheel. Like someone figure this out. Right. So what we want them, what we want people to know is that you have a beloved child. I call my beloved child Coach Beth because I can show up for you and everyone else mm-hmm. that I coach in ways that I don't actually show up for myself, sad to say. But that doesn't yeah. have to be true. I can actually self-lead and self-coach, or if you're a pastor, maybe you shepherd, pastor, minister to yourself, whatever words that resonate strongly for you because that little child, I call mine little Bethy, that wounded child is mm-hmm. still there and will always be there. And she's going to do her best yeah. to help, but shaming is not going to be good. So I need to bring Coach Beth and bring the gospel and shepherd that part of my heart. And that changes the trajectory of everything inside and the rest of the mm. connecting parts. So that's the that's the first two parts. And they, they reside in your main type and they have the core motivations of your main type. Now, you have four other connecting parts, and these parts are the wings, those two numbers on either side of your main type. So, Jamie, for you, it'd be uh, the five and the seven. For me, it's the eight and the one. And for all the other Enneagram types out there, it's only the two numbers on either side of your main type. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so those are two connecting parts, but also the lines that your main type is connected to, there's two more types, and we call those Enneagram paths. And mine are three and six, and yours is three and nine. So you just look at the symbol, and you'll see which one you're connected to. Now, Mm -hmm. those are the four other connecting parts, and they have great influence on your life. Now, when people learn Enneagram kind of 101, and which is most of the books that are out there, um, except for the like really heavy-hitting ones, they're really going to teach you that, especially with the Enneagram paths, that you move towards one in health and one in stress. That is true, Mm -hmm. but you actually move in healthy and unhealthy ways to both. And a lot of I've never heard this before. I know. And okay, keep going. Yeah. So this is really, really important because if you don't know that, there's one part that you're going to shame because it's like, oh, well, that's the stress part. I'm like, get away from that, you know? And then, oh, that part's Uh only the good part. And then you're missing how that other part of you is showing up in unhealthy ways. Mm. So for me, what typically you would read is that I move towards three in growth um, in a healthy way, and I move towards six in stress. Now, that is true, but I don't want to miss out on how my three can show up actually in unhealthy ways and how my mm-hmm. six can show up in really great ways. And I'll kind of explain all of this as I kind of paint a picture of my EIP, yeah. which is uh-huh. Enneagram Internal Profile. But same with your wings. You use both your wings in healthy and unhealthy ways. Now, a lot of times people say, oh, I only use this wing. I never use that wing. Well, I strongly recommend that you get the book. And in the back of the book is a cheat sheet or several pages for each of the nine types Uh where I'm going to clearly spell out how each of these parts show up in healthy and unhealthy ways or aligned, misaligned ways. And once you start reading that wing that you thought never shows up, you'll go, "Oh, oh, my gosh. It totally shows up maybe at work and not at home or maybe with, you know, my cousins, but not my immediate family or whatever. You'll start to notice these things. And 
The reason why we want to notice, again, has to do with when you're driving. If you're not paying attention to how the wheel is turning in a wrong direction, mm-hmm. you can't steer it back. You're just aloof. And yeah. so we want to be aware of these things. So when they pop up, you can correct the direction that you're heading mm. in, into an alignment. I was just at a, a retreat with some girls and we were doing some counseling. So it was like counseling retreat, which let me just tell you, it's fun when you're with people you love because you're like, I'm going deep here in this soul care work. But one of the things we talked about when you talk about what you call your little the little girl, little Beth, little Bethy, little Bethy, little Bethy. So yeah. we were talking because we've been doing this internal family systems work. And one of the per- people said when they're like, you know, eight year old little self showed up. Yes. And usually I would love to hear from you. Like I was taught that they show up because they're trying to protect us. Like, like they've, yep. they've been here before. They're trying to protect us. And someone said to say to that person, we see you, we see yep. that you're trying to help us, but we have it under control. And that has been really this kind of good idea for me to like, oh, my wounds, my past, like you talk about your wounded self, those things show up because they've had to show up in the past. They've had to show up to protect us. And so shaming doesn't work, you know, like shaming or making them, I can't believe you feel that way because they've been a help for us. It's almost like, um, you know, people in war, they have these like their their body kicks in for self-protection, you know, and so you yep. can't shame that. And so it's very interesting. I'm so excited for people to hear this. Tell us about your your profile and how it all comes together. Yeah. And, and just to let people know, so Jeff was, you know, doing the IFS like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't figure it all out until I was like, oh, yeah, my, you know, connecting parts uh-huh. are like they have great influence in me. So basically we took the we took IFS cuz we're not getting into all of the ways the nuances that IFS is. That's a great great modality that I highly recommend people getting Boundaries for Your Soul with Allison Cook and Kimberly Miller. You're going to be interviewing or working with her. Um, that's a great book if you want to get more into actually what IFS is or or seek a counselor who can take you there. But there's a lot of in-depth things that go with that which are great, but what we've done is we've kind of pulled some things from that and some things from the Enneagram and kind of made something all Which is why it's so beautiful. I love it, Beth. It's like, this is so helpful. Because it makes the Enneagram more easily accessible. Because the Enneagram, Mm -hmm. a lot of times, like you said, if you don't know what the Enneagram is, just go listen to that other episode, (laughs) you know. And so what we're trying to do is make the Enneagram easily accessible and practical right now. So Mm -hmm. with that being said, EIP, so for me, my EIP is, again, uh, uh, the type nine, which is little Bethy, my wounded child, and Coach Beth, my beloved child. And then my um, connecting parts are the type eight wing, the type one wing, the six path, and the three path. So how it goes for me, um, and I've, like I said, I've been doing this for six years, so it took me a long time to figure out that there was a pattern that goes on. So the pattern that usually happens for me with my relationship with Jeff, per se, is that he might do something. So my brother, when I was growing up, um, like a lot of big brothers, teased me quite a bit. And it was kind of traumatic, honestly, for me. Um, And so as a type nine, I'm just trying to make everyone happy, can be uh, codependent. And I have had to learn how to work through that and try not to make everyone happy. So if Jeff does something, a lot of times I'll see through the situation, through little Bethy's eyes, as mm-hmm. if Jeff, my husband, who's my best friend, um, is my brother back then, you know, my my little brother, you know, when yeah. he was when we were younger. And all all of a sudden my defenses start to come up, right? Because little Bethy is like, uh oh, like maybe he's upset, maybe he doesn't like me, maybe we're in conflict. Like, so this 
this type nine part of my heart is so fearful of losing connection and having conflict. I just, I just want to be liked. I just want to be seen. So all of a sudden my uh, wounded child is activated. Right. And what usually happens is my type six comes online. Now I named my parts, not names. And I started with, um, let's say not so appealing names because they were really easy for me to see. Yeah. But we always want to have positive names because they have positive intent and God created these parts to reflect him and to mm. benefit us. So I'll kind of show how, how all that works. But first, we'll go with the wounded child. So when little Bethy is activated, worrying Wendy, my type six shows up. And she is like, but now all your parts are focused on uh, ultimately the core motivations of your main type. They're going to use their own strategies and perspectives. So Wendy is like, okay, we don't want conflict with Jeff, so we want to make him happy, so what about this? What about that? Or we could do this, or we could do that, but don't say this, because what if that happens? And so she's thinking of all the case scenarios, but again, it's surrounded by the type nine's desire mm. for connection and peace. But she is just all you know in the head and, and swirling. Well, when that starts to happen, and little Bethy is like, I don't know if, thing, if anything is better then my type three, not good enough Natalie shows up and she starts shaming me like uh -huh. you don't have any value as a wife. Like you're worthless. You're not doing this good. Like he's going to notice he's not going to admire you or respect you. It's all over with, you know. And so there's just a lot of shame in that category. Well, when that starts happening, then vicious Victoria, my type one chimes in and she's kind of like the one that has like a bat and she's just pummeling me with criticisms. Mm. And it's more about being a bad wife and not, you know, being good as in morals and ethics and maybe like Christian standards. And so she comes with a lot more judgment um, that is kind of really sharp and biting. So the mm. three is much more shame and the one is much more critical. Well, after all of that has happened, my type eight chimes in because she's had enough. <laughs> and this is raging Regina. And she starts plowing over Wendy, Natalie, and Victoria. She's just trying to knock them off their game and protecting little Bethy because the type eight is a protect, uh, passionate protector. Mm -hmm. So she's trying to plow over all them. But what happens is this is when Jeff, the first thing that Jeff notices is not Wendy, not Natalie, and not Victoria. He sees Regina, because Regina comes out outward and mm. starts pushing on Jeff and is more resistant or stubborn or um, irritable or even angry. Now, yeah. everyone out there is like, oh, Beth gets angry. You know, like <laughs> I know as a type nine, you guys probably always see me as like, oh, she's never angry. But no, like when Regina shows up, she yeah. is angry. Now, she's seen all of these parts, remember, are seeing it through the lens of little Bethy and her big brother, who is not kind to her, not through the lens of her husband, who loves and adore her right. and is not trying to hurt her, but she's misinterpreting the situation. Mm. So Jeff is feeling Regina. And then, of course, that changes the dynamics of that relationship, right? So he's pushing back or, or holding steady or doing whatever, you know, needs to happen. Yeah. Um, and that just is not beneficial. But they're all trying to work on behalf of little Bethy, who's feeling wounded. Yeah. But they're all misaligned because they're all sitting there trying to drive this bus and they're yeah. ill-equipped. So what we need to do is not shame. Go, I, like you said, I see you. I hear that you were hurt and wounded. But that is not the situation right now. Or even if it is the situation right now, we can still self-lead ourselves back to the gospel. Even if you're around someone who is hurting you, mm. the gospel is what's safe and secure. Even if my husband was being, you know, not very nice, 
he ultimately is not the one that can fill me and restore me the way I need it. Christ does. So that's when Coach Beth can come online. And it's not that Coach Beth comes online and shoves them out of the driver's seat and says, you know, gets mad at them. It's like, no, hey, guys, I'm the adult here. I I have the skill sets to drive this. I've got this. Go ahead and sit back and enjoy the view. Mm -hmm. And that's when the other parts can start get aligned again Mm -hmm. and actually benefit us. So what happens with this place is, one, Coach Beth shows little Bethy that she – because little Bethy thinks her presence doesn't matter um, unless she can make peace and make everyone happy. But Coach Beth is like, no, you matter so much that Christ came and rescued Mm -hmm. you. He loves you, and he has called you his own. So that's when little Bethy goes – Really? You know, like, oh. So there's just this relaxation. And then mm-hmm. that's when the other parts come into alignment. So then Wendy is no longer worrying Wendy. Now, that doesn't mean there's like zero anxiety and all that right. stuff. But what happens is Wendy is like, you know what? I can be courageous in this really hard situation. And I can look at my inner world, which nines don't necessarily want to do. And I can face this hard situation and grow because sixes are the most courageous on the Enneagram. So she becomes more like wonderful Wendy or warrior Wendy. And then the three part of my heart, instead of being not so good enough Natalie, when she's aligned, she's noble Natalie. And she's Mm. like, hey, you know what? We can actually accomplish a few things here in our relationship. And here, let's try these steps, you know. And she brings encouragement and affirmation. And then uh, Victoria, instead of being vicious, she becomes virtuous. And she brings such wisdom and insights that I need basically around Scripture. There's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and all the other Scriptures that apply. But then Raging Regina, instead of her plowing over everyone, she becomes Remarkable Regina. And she gives me like this gut instinct of courage and confidence that I can stand up for myself and assert myself, but in a way that is also still gentle. And it's there that these parts are so beautiful. And that is how God created us in the garden to use all of these parts of us to assist in us being the best of who we are in our main type along with these parts. And so we, that's why we want to name them. You know, there's those names that, you know, don't feel so great. Yeah. But then we want to name them these really beautiful names because that is who we were in the garden and who God is continually making us, re, uh, restoring us, reconciling us to. So hopefully that kind of paints a picture in how I can recognize my parts and how they're showing up in any given situation. I love it too, because you, you've, you mentioned this and I wanted to make sure that everyone that's listening hears this is, you know, there's this idea of like self-discovery, like discovering more about myself and who I am. And, and I think the Enneagram is great for that. It's a great observation tool. What makes me do the things that I do? But then you guys took it a step further with this whole concept and, and we're going to briefly run through the aware. You guys took it a step further and said, this is not just self-discovery. That's awesome. And, and we have to have self-discovery. Right. But then you took it and said, but we need self-leadership. And so you explained it so beautifully just now is that after I discover these parts of me who are trying to take care of me, they are here for a reason, they have been wounded, like you said, then you can lead yourself into reminding yourself of what the gospel says to be true about all of your parts and kind of get that realignment. I love that. Uh, The aware. I want you to tell me, you know, it helps us shepherd this internal life that we've just gone through. Will you just run through the, the acronym for aware real quick? Yeah. Well, and I just want to just back up just real quick. Um, this is for self-leadership, but it's also for relationships. So Jeff, a lot of times, he can sense someone's coming online, not in a, the healthy way, in a misaligned way. And he can even say, like, hey, who am 
am I talking to right now? Like, mm. is Victoria really loud in your ear? Is she being really vicious? And or like you can feel Regina coming on and we can start to navigate the relationship, hopefully with more compassion and um, the desire for restoration versus like, oh, what are you doing? Like what's happening? You know, like just like that kind of um, being ill or not regarding the whole person. Mm. And so when he can come with compassion, my parts are like, oh, wait, he sees that I'm hurting, you know, and he cares. Now that's hard. That takes a long time, but I just want people to recognize that this can be used in all your relationships if you're willing to take a step back and be curious about what someone else is going through um, and not take it so personal. But so let's good. get on to aware. Um, aware is obviously A-W-A-R-E. And A is awaken. Awaken to what you're thinking, feeling, your um, body sensations. Like, do you have a crick in your neck? Is your stomach upset? Like, do you have a headache? Is something going on? And what are your inclinations? What are you going to do right now? So awaken to these. Be aware. Then we want you to welcome. And this is exactly what you were saying earlier. We want to welcome and befriend these parts that are that are being activated. So we don't want to shame and be critical. We want to say, hey, what is going on? How can I help you to feel received right now, seen, heard, and loved and cared for? Then we want to ask. Ask good questions of ourselves, but also ask the Holy Spirit for what is true. So we're aware that we're feeling something, we're welcoming it, but what is actually true in the gospel and reminding ourselves of that. And then R is receive, receive this truth. Because a lot of times we'll we'll hear truth and we'll just kind of like push it off like, oh, yeah. Push for know, somebody else loves, or something, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. God loves me, but you don't understand my situation. No, mm-hmm. he does actually understand your situation. He went before us. So we want to receive what is true, even if it's hard. And then the last is engage. We want to engage with ourselves, with God and others in a whole new way based on what is true. Even if it's hard and doesn't feel maybe authentic in the moment, we want to move in that direction because it is what's true. And the Holy Spirit will work in and through us to make it more of a reality the more we actually live out the truth. So that's how we use AWARE. Beth, you have done it again. You have used the Enneagram to point us all back to Jesus. And that's what I love about you and Jeff and what you're doing. And this book, More Than Your Number, A Christ-Centered Enneagram Approach to Becoming Aware of Your Internal World, Internal World. Um, highly recommend this, you guys. Um, like I said, that self-leadership and also within your relationships, your work relationships, your parent-child relationships, your spouse, your all of the things. Um, this is going to help us all be better people in community. I mean, basically, that's what it comes down to. And wherever you're community is it's going to help you do that um beth i want to ask you two more questions number one if someone's listening and they're like that was a little confusing i just need to know what my number is (laughs) what do they read to find out their number Yes, absolutely. So I'll give you two websites. So the first was what you're saying. Go to yourenneagramcoach.com. In the upper right-hand corner is where you take a free test. Um, We just want you to focus in on what are the core motivations of your main type. Just start there. Um, And, you know, if you need a coach, we have coaches at myenneagramcoach.com that are certified that can guide you if you need that extra help. Great resources. Okay, uh, next thing. I I lied. I have two more questions, actually. I saw (laughs) here that you are watching Only Murders in the Building. Yes. Okay, I watched an episode, and I cannot get into it. Should I give it another try? Yeah. Okay, you love you it because I, I totally, I totally what you're see what you're saying. Okay, um, when I was first watching it, because I love Steve Steve Martin and uh-huh. Martin Short, they are yeah, they're just, brilliant they're from together. Past movies, they're brilliant. At first, I was like, ooh, is this gonna be you know like something I really like? But it just got better and better and better. So I would okay. s- just keep going. 
Okay, and I, I full disclosure, I did on an airplane. I was probably doing something else at the same time. So I'm, I'm going to give another another there you try. Go. Yeah. I would love to know, what are you reading these days? Jamie wants to know. Jamie wants to know. We want to know what you're reading. So I'm reading um, Complex PTSD. So oh, that uh, sounds exciting, kind of Beth. Yeah, it's exciting <laughs> reading. Yeah. Welcome to your Enneagram Coach World. Um, no, it, it really kind of walks through um, kind of some of the stuff that I kind of dealt with as a little girl mm-hmm. that I haven't focused in on with that yeah. teasing. Um, and complex PTSD is different than PTSD. And so really kind of learning this part of myself that has been wounded and, again, giving it compassion and understanding mm. and new tools has been really helpful. It's hard, but it's really helpful. I love um, that. But the other book that was way, way amazing for me was um, – uh, the Lord is My Courage by K.J. Ramsey. I, I have I have it on my to-do to read list. The cover's amazing. I'm a big cover girl. Like, yes. like, like give yes. me a good cover. And the cover's amazing. I know exactly which one it is. And so I'd love to hear. Why did you love yeah. it? Well, her and her husband, pastor and pastor's wife, um, went through well, actually several kind of really dark seasons. But particularly the one that they're really talking about is um, a church hurt situation as a pastor. Um, and that's what we walked through. And mm. what she does is she takes you through Psalms 23 bit by bit by bit in authenticity and realness. And it was just so encouraging to go, someone else has gone through some pain and struggling mm. like me, and they're seeing Jesus in a whole new, deeper, richer way that I never expected. And so it was just uh, affirming and confirming of who the Lord is in our life. And just seeing someone else mirror that was just a beautiful, beautiful um, book to read. I love it. I need to get it on my on my top of the pile sooner than later. Beth, thank you so much for coming back on the happy hour. You guys check out the book that her and her husband, Jeff, uh, it comes out in a couple of weeks. You can pre-order it now. More Than Your Number, A Christ-Centered Enneagram Approach to Becoming Aware of Your Internal World. Beth, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's always a joy. Thank you so much for listening to the happy hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. Executive producer, Jamie Ivy. The show is produced by Lindsay Sweeney and edited by Angie Elkins. Art by Jen Jet Barrett. Original music by Matt Graham. And I'm your host, Jamie. Have a happy hour with a friend.